Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome into House Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on in, take your shoes off, take your hat off. We got a coat rack over here. You can put your things on that. We got a dining room table that is littered with nothing but snacks and good eats. Help yourself, grab a plate, come on into the living room because sitting here today by the fireside, it is our very good friend all the way from the other side of the pond. It is Ennis McVeigh. Ennis, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me inside of House of Wrestling. Thank you, Nick, for, for having me on. I know I have been uh, deemed Dr. Sean Stasiak here. Oh, uh, God, I have the wrong gimmick on screen. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. Hey, solved. no, no, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Tomorrow on, mm. uh, tomorrow on the podcast feed and on our YouTube channel, House of Wrestling, I'm talking to Meat. I'm talking to Dr. Sean Stasiak. I left, the, I left the card up on screen accidentally there. But for a moment... <laughs> But for a moment, Anna, you, you were convinced straight, you were straight beefcake there. You know, <laughs> I had to take on the meat role. We, we got there in the end. What a you know, what a role, man. Right. Even him. Like he's 52. He's 52 years old right now. Mm. He's like because it was only like a year he played meat. Remember? Yeah. And uh, he's like, man, what a gimmick. Right. You get cast just having sex with all these women. Oh, Terrell. <laughs> What a terrible role. When I was writing about it the other day that I actually looked into it because as you may be able to tell, I am I was not alive during the Attitude Era. So I found out about the whole meat thing in an afternoon. And let me tell you, that was a wild couple of hours finding out about that whole that whole gimmick. Uh yes, Ennis is a writer for the site as well, by the way, on Tuesdays <laughs> and Thursdays. And then throughout the week he's handling our social media as well. Um, and yes, Ennis got to fall down the rabbit hole that is Dr. Sean Stasiak, that is meat, and write about it. And I'm glad, because here's the thing, Ennis, I was in my formative years when I was mm. watching this play out, and, you know, meat was a part of my childhood, so. <laughs> I can imagine he was a very interesting part of your childhood. My mother hated wrestling so much. <laughs> and I, I wonder why. I have, gimmicks such as meat, I wonder why. I, I really don't, I don't besperge her for hating pro wrestling especially of the attitude era 
Um, all right. Hey, we got a big show here to get to here today. I see our guest is on early. We'll bring him on here in just a second. Um, if you're watching us live in video form, it is uh, on Premier Streaming Network that you're doing so. Tuesday, Thursdays, noon Eastern, jump on over to Premier Streaming Network to catch House of Wrestling first run in video form. Me, all of my great co-hosts, and all of our great guests. And he is here early. Let's get into it, Ennis. I don't know if you know this or not, but it is a big day in the world of pro wrestling. WWE, UFC, they just merged. They have formed TKO Group Holdings. And who better to talk to about that than WrestleNomics, Brandon Thurston. Brandon, welcome Hello. to House of Wrestling. Hello. Hello, Nick. Hello, Eins. How are you doing? Good. How are you? It's Innes. He's Scottish. Excuse me. I know I was going to put You're not the first. Don't worry. I'm sorry. I'm just a dumb American. And for, for, for what it's worth, my wife had to really grill me about how to say Innes' name in a way that was not inappropriate for a while. Not, you're not the first person to think that way. You're not the first person to go down that route. Don't worry. All right. It's Innes. Uh, Brandon, yes. thank you so much for joining us. I know it's a very busy day for you. Um, and it's a very busy day for pro wrestling. Uh, like I just said, WWE, UFC, they have just merged. Uh, they are now two K TKO Group Holdings. Um, just before we went live uh, to record here, live to tape, um, we noticed that you shared a uh, internal message from Nick Khan to uh, WWE staff. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, that message and kind of the vibe you're getting today around uh, the merge uh, between these two companies? No immediate changes, but certainly it, the 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 thing that's looming in the air is when our layoffs going to happen. Um, and no one knows yet. Um, we expect internally, not necessarily with talent. I know that's what everybody wants to freak out about. But I mean, more more uh, broadly, there's about 800 employees who work for WWE whose names and faces you may not recognize, who um, a lot of them are, are expecting to, to get laid off because of the merger here. That's going to save WWE and UFC, the new TKO, a lot of money going forward. And that's a major reason why they're doing this merger. So I also saw that Vince McMahon was back in the creative fold last night on Raw um, remotely. Yeah, remotely. Innes was writing about this this morning. He's very good <laughs> at that. Um, yeah, he was remotely, uh, this is according to The Observer, remotely more involved last night, making a lot of last-minute changes. People seem to think that the changes were for the better, for what it's worth. Um, he wasn't on site. But it is interesting that, you know, kind of like right after WrestleMania, where uh, this announcement got made, Vince's presence is very upfront. Um, here we are 24 hours before this merge is about to go through. Vince McMahon is now back in the mix. I, I, I guess we're breaking this news to you that Vince was back in the mix last night, but that, that seems um, intentional, like to remind people that Vince is still very much in the, in the mix and that things are going to be buzzing as normal as they roll into this merge. Do you think, think it's intentional because of the, the timing of, of the merger happening today? Yeah. I, I mean, you look at, and he's going through his recovery from spinal surgery. Um, he's not present. It's, they were just on CNBC with the opening bell, and there was just an interview with Mark Shapiro and Ari Emanuel. Um, one of the big things, I think, going forward is that the the transparency that we got into W's finances and W's business is going to be less so because the focus is going to be on this big TKO entity. And and I think the personalities and history and, and the brand of, of Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro and Endeavor are going to overshadow the the greater you know, transparency that we might get into WE. Um, so Vince is not there. Um, I've heard Vince is, Vince is working out already, though. 
Um, so I don't know if of he could have been there, but but you see Nick Khan is there. Paul Levesque was there, of course, uh, Ari Emanuel, Dan White, Mark Shapiro were all there for the opening bell on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, wow. No Vince, though. Man, okay, that's news to me. You're bre- we're breaking news back and forth here because I was really trying to figure out what today was going to happen on Wall Street because the last time that they you know, went public, when WWE went public, they made a real spectacle out of everything. They dropped a ring down there on Wall Street. Um, today I saw the photos of the two big belts next to each other, which was a little bit classier. It just came across to you just like a very, I'm, I'm guessing a classier affair than what we got the last time they went public. I guess so. I mean, I, 1999. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're all of us even born then. I was. I I was alive. I was born that year. Ennis <laughs> Ennis was a, a I flicker am, of the eye. Uh, a cre- I am a. Um, I was a, a, a tiny child at that point. It, it is weird, Brandon. As we sit here with this child with us on screen, <laughs> you know, we we are. This is this is all the WWE. He'll kind of know, right? I mean, he had a couple years where there was a Vince McMahon on WWE, but this will, you know, for all its his purposes, Ennis. You will not know the same company that Brandon and I did. No. You know, it's very odd. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the the new uh, corporate website is already there. The new investor relations website is there. Um, it's you know, it's it's a merged WWE and, and UFC with a lot more presence of you know images of UFC fighters is basically all I can say at this point. Uh, there is a logo. We have a logo out there. I saw the logo. Yeah. Yes. It's a green logo with the letters TKO. TKO doesn't apparently stand for anything besides total knockout, I guess. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. I also <laughs> kind of wondered if it would have some kind of like meaning behind it, but I, it's really not. It's just letters, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, we'll, we'll probably have a, an earnings report for this company at the end of October, I would think. that That's when the next W earnings uh, report would be scheduled. And I think Endeavor is on a similar schedule, so I don't see why it would be different, why their fiscal year would be different. That might even be disclosed somewhere. Well, and, um, Paul Levesque is not on the board of directors, so is he off of the quarterly financial calls? He's been a regular presence. I mean, if he's he not... He didn't even speak on the last one. I mean, I think he was in the room, and he may be in the room. But okay. he, he's... he's uh, he spoke on a few of them over the years, um, more so recently. You're right. Uh, but I don't, you know, he's still an executive. He's still the head of creative just because he's not on the board of directors and a much, much more competed for set of seats for the board of directors. I don't view as a big deal, but do it makes think, for a great headline. Do you think we'll get to like talk to Ari or is he's not, he's not going to be on these calls, right? I would guess the speakers are going to be Ari Emanuel, Mark Shapiro, Nick really? Khan. Wow. Maybe, maybe Dana. Man, it is, you know, this is all kind of settling in now. Maybe I'll get a chance to talk to Ari Emanuel at some point. That there seems like you a go. big deal. You will, you'll get a chance to talk to Ari? Maybe we both will, Brandon. I mean, he's part of the business now, right? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll email him later, see if he responds. I'm just saying, right? It's a whole <laughs> new world of possibilities. Um, well, Ennis, do you have any questions for Brandon here while we have him to talk about the, this big merge here this morning? It doesn't sound like too many moving parts have moved today, but I did want to make sure we got some time in here for it. No, totally. I mean, I, I saw something a couple of days ago. I think Fightful Select reported something about how the developers of the next UFC game are kind of interested in having WWE talent in the game now that this merger has happened. Do you expect sort of moves like that in terms of like merchandise and stuff like that, more crossovers between WWE and UFC with the merger? To some extent, yeah. I I think they have to be careful about co-branding these two companies too closely, especially when it comes to featuring WWE stuff on UFC Mm. stuff. I think there's... There's there's going to be a, a little bit of an allergy from their fan base about 
total UFC being too close to fake wrestling in their view. Um, and I think that's a real thing that they have to be mindful of, but I, but clearly there, there's a lot of the reason why this merger is happening, not just because they can lay off a lot of employees and save many, many millions of dollars, which, which they do and they will. Um, but also they're able to sell sponsorships together. They're able to make TV deals together, uh, especially internationally. I think that's going to be a big deal, but it might be a big deal when it comes to perhaps let's say de dealing the rights that are currently owned by Peacock, maybe along with some of the rights that are currently owned, the UFC rights that are currently owned by ESPN and ESPN plus and stuff like that. So, um, and, it, and it brings together Ari Emanuel and Nick Khan, who are famously great media and deal negotiators. Yeah. I, I mean, again, like Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey in the video game seems like a layup and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here. Cause in this and I have more to talk about, but how fun would it play be to have CM Punk in the UFC game? Right. And WWE <laughs> promoting that. I mean, it just seems like a really low-hanging fruit thing there, right? No? Are, are, are there any ag agreements that uh, Phil Brooks is is held under at the moment that may or may not expire within the next 90 days? Or is he is he free to go into a UFC game right now? I See, that's what I... Because, okay, Brandon and... Oh, fuck. I'm not, I didn't mean to go off on a punk <laughs> tangent here. But, we have uh, to talk about CM Punk. And ah, we, went, we went a day without it. Ah, fuck. Um, <laughs> so, like... Uh, he's, he's working for that cage fighting company, the cage fighting mm. fury. Now he does the commentary, commentary but, yeah. but he, but he did some fight pass commentary too, if I'm not mistaken. Do you know, I guess I should know, but like, do you know why he is not working for UFC and is doing this cage fighting company instead? And he is did it, that throughout his time with AEW. Okay. So you, I, I'm I, asking I, you, I, yeah, I, I'm just curious now. I should probably look into this. I'm I'm just wondering what Punk's relationship is with UFC if he's doing commentary, but it's not for them. It's for some other company. Like I would. I think the the last thing that came out, if I remember right, I think I, it might have been Fightful Select. It might have been somewhere else, but it was a reputable source. Was that Punk right. and Endeavor have a good relationship, and they've they've continued to have a good relationship, but obviously they've not worked together. I believe since he's Punk not a, he's not an Endeavor talent, right? Like no. Not right now, anyway. United, right? Is that United Artists? Mm. Is is the company that it, I believe yeah. so. <laughs> Punk is not in that umbrella. Is I mean, I, again, I'm I'm thinking this all through in real time. Is Punk like kind of in this or no? I I have no idea. If he's with UCA, he's not with Endeavor. Man. Uh, so wait, which one's the there? Uh, which one's it's? What is it's? I, it always is William. I always WME, WME uh, IMG. Yeah, William uh, Morris William Endeavor, Morris. right? Yeah, and they and, and IMG, whatever that stands for, that's all one talent agency under Endeavor. So, so Endeavor, we can maybe hash out these details too. Endeavor is still a company unto itself. What they did was they took Endeavor and they pulled UFC out of it and mashed WWE together with it. That's now TKO. But Endeavor controls fifty-one percent of that TKO company. So it's, it's sort of complicated. But part of the strategy is that um, without UFC in it. For whatever reason, we can speculate. But without UFC in it, Endeavor's stock now will be more valuable because all the Endeavor assets minus UFC will now be valued on their own. So that should allow investors to more properly, in their view, value the Endeavor stock. So I haven't looked yet, but is, the, is EDR up today? They, they would certainly hope it would be. EDR? EDR is up 1%. So not, not, not immediately, but... We'll see going forward. The, the you know, Mark Shapiro and, and Ari Emanuel think that the stock is very undervalued and getting UFC separated from Endeavor should make their stock more valuable.
All right. Um, well, I, 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 I feel, I feel as if I know as much about this murder as I'm going to know right now. Um, Ennis, is there anything else that you would like to to go over here before we wrap up with Brandon here for today? I think we're all good. The thing is, it's a very fresh situation. So, I mean, I feel like we're going to get plenty of news of it coming in the next couple of hours. So, we'll have definitely more information yeah. and questions then. And for what it's worth, I'm doing some Googling right now, and I could not find CM Punk's representation. So I really don't know if he's with William Morris Endeavor, but I'm going to figure it out because what a what a <laughs> freaking weird thing that would be if he's somehow already in the mix of this all because of the multi-tentacled uh, entity that is Endeavor, you know? It's just a lot of people pulled into it. I, I'm definitely expecting a lot more celebrities in WWE. That's for sure. I'm expecting an overload of celebrities in WWE because of this merge. Could be. Um, and uh, Ari Emanuel and Mark Spear were on CNBC too this morning and were asked about the TV deals for WWE, which are still outstanding. The Raw deal with NBC Universal is going to expire next year about this time. As far as we know, the NXT deal is going to expire this month. Um, and the Fox what? deal. Yeah. Wow. Unless it's already extended, but there's nothing public to, to Wait, say. Wait, is there a chance mm-hmm. that NXT ends this month? Highly unlikely. I would get, I would think highly unlikely. The show's doing the best viewership it's ever <laughs> right. done. Why would you get rid of it right now? But, but, yeah. it, but it's, it's a minor asset in, in, in this system where Raw is the big asset. So, um, and, and the big question is where does SmackDown go? Probably not staying with Fox. Um, they, they were, you know, vague in, in saying where they think that the rights are going to land. They say, we think it's going to end up where the market thinks it's going to end up and would not specify on what that means. But what, what, what does that mean? It means probably a 50% increase in, in rights. So we're talking about 400, $470 million. Just multiply that by 1.5. I don't know if that is off the top of my head, but it's somewhere in, in the neighborhood of $700, $800 million. Wow, man. This and is we'll so- go to Amazon Prime. We'll go to Disney. And we still have no update on the AEW TV rights deal, right? No. We have uh, that's the fun. That's the fun one to watch. WWE. That one's I feel like smooth and steady. That one's going to go fine. I'm far more interested in the AEW Warner Brothers Discovery negotiations right now. They just seem like they're in such, you know, and again, like that one's weird because like I feel like from the outside, it looks like a very kind of messy situation, like with all these parts moving around. But I really don't know that Warner looks at it like that. I think they just see a product that's hot right now and they just want to stay involved with it. As far as the partner. I think it's extremely likely that AEW stays with WBD and stays on TBS and TNT. Um, in the case of, of WWE, I think there's a lot of, in the case of AEW, there's a lot of uncertainty about what the value is going to be and whether or not we'll actually get reports that tell us reliably what the value is. I suppose we will, but there's, it could be you know 2X, maybe less than that. It could be as much as 5X. I don't know. But um, WWE, definitely Raw is going to stay on USA Network, NBCU, but a, a wide range of possibilities seem possible for what's going to happen with SmackDown. And the prevailing wisdom is slightly leaning towards Amazon, but it could, it could end up on FX. Who knows? Wow. All right. Well, Hey, Brandon, I would thank you for popping in here today, giving us a little bit of your uh, business knowledge on what's going down at the moment. If people want to know uh, more about you and WrestleNomics, uh, where do you want to send them to, to find more information? Uh, they should go go for a walk around their block and just you know. In, in Whoa! <laughs> I live and die by those quarter hours. And by the way, by the way, I feel like the secret sauce we have over at House of Wrestling when it comes to WrestleNomic stuff is in the quarter hours. A lot of people do headlines about, oh, it was up this amount. Oh, it was up that amount. No, man. I look at the quarters. I did a headline yesterday. AEW women outdraw Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. That's a fact. That is what happened on Rampage. The women were the draw there more than the Samoa Joe Jeff Hardy fight. So 
the the money's in the quarter hours, people. And I'm telling this to my aggregator friends. It's not so simple as a up down. There's nuance there. Get the, the fuck the, into the nuance. The opinions you know? and views of Nick Hausman are not necessarily those of Russell. <laughs> no, I, uh... they are. Get into that nuance. Stretch that crevice. You know. Is, is that what the color coded table told you? I don't remember. Yeah, buddy. It, it did. I love okay. it. I love when I look at a. I love when I look at a good quarter hour chart like yesterday's. I think it was a smack. Yeah, it was the SmackDown chart. Every quarter hour overall viewership largely went down. But if you look at the P18 to 49, largely goes up. They actually ended down in overall viewership and up in, in like prime demo viewership. That I recall there's get... like one quarter that looked meaningful, and that was about it. It was early. Dude, in the show. it gets wrong? me off, baby. It makes me so <laughs> horny to see these quarter hours and how they I write that as a headline. I feel like that would do quite well. Nick Hausman, I, read... I get horny over, over I, quarter hours. I, I imagine do. imagine I the look... ads on that one. I look at that, I get a rush, baby. I am selling blue chew right now, and I don't even have a sponsor. <laughs> thinking about these quarter hours. Okay. Man. They are open to interpretation, certainly. What a great <laughs> conversation this was. This is all going really, really well. Uh, did you shill your stuff? Did you tell people? Oh, you can go, go to wrestlonics.com. All the links are there. <laughs> Patreon.com if you want to. Um, You'll you'll en- you'll enjoy the, the data hopefully in ways that Nick Hausman does not. Uh, but that's at patreon.com slash WrestleNomics for all the TV ratings reports. Uh, we do a podcast every Sunday for subscribers and a lot more. All right, Brandon, I want to thank you coming on, buddy. I appreciate you and your time, and we will always have you back. You are always welcome here thank inside you, the house, my friend. Take Th- care. Thank you. In- Innes, am I saying your name right? Innes? Yes, there you go. Yes. Well done. Yes. You got something from this. You learned how to pronounce my name, and you got to deal with yes. Nick's weird yeah. fascination with quarter hours. So there I we go. Fucking love quarter hour ratings so much. <laughs> All right, bye, Brandon. Bye. Uh, All right, Brandon. That went a weird direction. I, you know, I'm just in a, I'm just trying to be real with people because, like, <laughs> when your whole life is looking at pro wrestling content and figuring out, hmm. oh, what's the best headline to put on it? Oh, what's the best feature? Like, you got to find ways to get excited. And man, I am True. so. I am so into quarter hour viewership right now. I don't know why, mm. but I fucking love it. Anyway. You got out your system? You all right uh, there? No. It's Not yet. Okay. Gonna, we are only halfway through what is going to be maybe the weirdest <laughs> show I've ever done. I am prepared. I am prepared and ready. Oh, I, uh, man, I got, I got a whole lot of real world life stuff going on outside that it's keeping me up late at night and, and, and it's not bad in a couple of weeks. I hope to have mm. some good news for everybody out there, but I am not sleeping a lot. And it is, I think, reflective of my tone on the show. Here today. It's nothing else. It's entertainment. Uh, uh, I but guess. Look at it that way. That's true. You know, I should take some mushrooms sometime and do this show. It'd be a lot more fun. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, moving forward here, and thank you to Brandon Thurston, uh, WrestleNomics. Um, before we get into all the news here in the back half of the show, uh, houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S of wrestling.com. That's the place to actually go uh, to engage with all the news when we're not doing this podcast. Ennis is writing. I'm writing. Nick Miller's writing. We cover everything that we talk about here on the show today and more. We have some great exclusives that are always going out. Um, for those of you that... <laughs> I feel bad about this one because I actually really like Cassie a body slam, but I saw this mm-hmm. report he put out that was like yes. Braun Breaker actually smashed Von Wagner's head with his steel steps and nearly killed him. And yeah. 
And that's not and like if true, terrible. But if not true, it's really not good for Braun because like the whole thing about wrestling is trusting who you're working with. And like you don't want to work with people that might, I don't know, accidentally murder you. Um, so <laughs> you I avoid accidental murder in wrestling at all costs, if possible. you know, when possible. And so anyway, I asked around about this one, uh, multiple sources that are very, very reliable sources got back to me and said, no truth to this. Uh, Von Wagner is fine. And that does appear to be the case. Uh, so for anecdotes like that, uh, some highlights from my interview with Chad Gabe or with uh, Gunther from SummerSlam, uh, got comments from Al Snow about his new Netflix series and the big one. The Santana Ortiz beef is uh, very mm. legitimate. That's been driving our news cycle here on the website here for many hours now. Um, yes. That that is all stuff over on the over on HouseOfWrestling.com. Real bad news too about Santana and Ortiz. I was really kind of hoping they were going to get back on the same page. Yeah, it's a shame because obviously they've been like they were super successful in the Indies. I saw them in a couple of times on like a few independent shows over here, and they were always great. And it never, even when they like seemed to work together in the early days of AEW, they never really seemed to like hit a stride as much as other tag teams. They never, you know, as far as I know, they haven't had a tag title match in years, it's and I, been... they never won the titles. It's weird. Yeah, and they really should have had the titles too. They they would have really been great foils for the Young Bucks and, and totally. great centerpiece Lucha Brothers. Like they were such a great centerpiece. Uh, had a very different kind of Von Erichs brawling style mm. that I that I really appreciate with those two. Um, so yeah, and I and I'll call out the elephant in the room too. Now I put out this update on Twitter first before it hit the website. So at Wrestling House, if you want to follow us for quicker information, you follow our socials, man. You have access to them. Everybody mm -hmm. seems to be reacting, saying, oh, I thought the drama at AEW was going to end when CM Punk got fired. But here we are. We have more people still shooting their shot publicly, getting in each other's face, dragging their drama out into the open. It, you know, people seem to be making hay of this fact. And it's, is it wrong or right to be drawing that conclusion? I think people just love, I think because AEW is kind of an underdog in a sense still, even after, you know, hitting the like, the highest paid attendance in wrestling history just a couple of weeks ago, they are still, in the grand scheme of things, an underdog. So people love to pick holes. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, there's always going to be issues throughout the industry, whether it's WWE, whether it's AEW, even if you don't hear it as much in WWE, there's going to be issues backstage. It's just a fact of the wrestling industry in general. It's a very... I think it's fair to say ego-driven driven industry at times with, with certain individuals. And I think people want to pick holes in AEW because of that. And, you know, it happens I, everywhere. I guess, I guess, I guess my only quibble with that is mm -hmm. you just don't see it in WWE, right? Like, but do you, you, do you not see it or do you not hear about it? Cause I would well, say it's, it happens. But the thing is like, it happens, but I, I'm saying see, because like, mm. And it's I think that's, you know, again, you go back to like all out last year as the fight was going on. I sat in that room. I asked Chris Jericho, hey, you just had an, a meeting with the roster. What advice are you giving them right now? And he's like, keep it in house. Don't mm. let this stuff, you know, spill over publicly. We could deal with this stuff without making a big mess of it. Right. And, and making it a distraction. And that's I think, think that's a fault of the company or the talent. I think it's well again, like Pro Wrestling Torch put out there in their report when they were talking about the punk stuff and the Jack Perry, it's real glass mm. Crimea River line, is that there's yeah. like a culture there where the talent feels like either for attention or because they see everybody else doing it or whatever, they think it's okay to go out there and do these kinds of public displays of 
uh, unhappiness, whether it's on TV or on social media. And I don't think it's good for the company um, because, again, you don't want Santana and Ortiz to come on screen and everybody in the like you're sitting around your room. Let's hypothetically pretend we're all having parties while we're watching Dynamite. (laughs) And, you know, these guys come on screen. You look to your buddy. You go, oh, man, do you see what's going on on social media? These guys really hate each other. And all of a sudden you're not talking about what's going on in storyline. You're talking about. You know what's going on off screen, yeah. Which which is what the the CM Punk dilemma was, you know. Mm. And as much as Punk was a draw, you know, it brought mm-hmm. people in. Their viewership with him around was never where it was in the earlier days of AEW, no. where they were cracking a million when the Hangman Page was the centerpiece. I think that the tone of the company, with everybody talking about the drama all the time. Yeah, it's just such it grinds on you, it wears on you. It doesn't make it as fun, you know. I think to an extent, like drama and stuff like that can add to the story when there's legitimate, you know, issues between people. It can make programs and storylines and characters and whatnot better. But with AEW, it's become a constant thing. I think, for example, you look at the CM Punk Hangman Page stuff. I think to a degree, the issues between those two made that feud more interesting. But then obviously you had the brawl out and you had all the issues with Punk and it all in. And it just, it seemed like a constant cycle of, oh, here's another thing. Here's another thing, which at the end of the day, does distract you. Well, and I would have loved to have been like, because I was a child and you were not existing in 1990 <laughs> and 1997. I was not. <laughs> in, 90, in 97, 98. But like the Bret Hart, mm. Shawn Michaels stuff was dominate. I mean, like when you hear people talk about that period, man, it just seems like it had to have dominated the dirt sheets and like, all the, mm. the websites and stuff, because the amount of real life shots that Sean and, and Brett were taking at each other. I mean, you want to be upset about punk calling page a, a peg warmer. What about, Hey, Adam page, you're cheating on your wife. You know, mm. like that's, that was the real life stuff that was being called out back in the day on TV. And it's, it was yeah. so messy, you know, it was, but at the same time to play devil's advocate, the fact that that all happened does make that more memorable. You know, it's yes! like, what, 20 years later and we're still talking about this stuff. So I know. as much as it brings drama, as much as it distracts, it does also make the stuff memorable. I mean, I, I would be very surprised that if in 15, 20 years we weren't still talking about. Dude, I will be getting w. podcast interview requests about All Out <laughs> till I am yep. fucking dead. <laughs> till I am in the ground. It will come around once a year. They'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, Hausman, you're 98 years old. Do you want to talk about that time <laughs> that CM Punk yelled at you covered in blood and eating muffins? Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, all right, let's talk about we got it. We got a We do have a punk block here. Um, so oh, so the big punk story of the past, whatever, 72 hours, 96 hours since we recorded the observer put out kind of what I would consider to be their moratorium on CM Punk and his time in mm. AEW. Uh, it was a very detailed uh, look uh, at all the instances that happened around CM Punk. I would actually recommend you go reading it. Um, it is obviously largely sourced from one side, but you know you take the sources you yeah. can get. Um, real quick to just reiterate, it, they go back and say this whole thing really fell apart early 2022 when there were people in the company, the elite and others that thought CM Punk was trying to have Colt Cabana fired from the company. He had an offer given to him. It was withdrawn. 
the elite and Chris Jericho go to Tony and say, we got to keep this guy for whatever reason. Tony comes back, says, I'm going to offer you basically the same money. We don't know what that was. And you're only going to be a ring of honor producer. We're not going to have you at AEW tapings. And at the time ring of honor was expected to be taping um, away from AEW, which is no longer the case. So yep. that would give distance between Cabana and punk. Now, People have drawn the conclusion that Punk asked Tony to do it. I have absolutely talked to multiple people that have said to me, Tony Khan is just not that big of a Colt Cabana fan, right? Like, Mm. he's just really not that high on Cabana. I have had people get upset with me when I say he's like Luther to Chris Jericho because he's not quite Luther, obviously. But it's very similar. He's like Luther. He's like Nakazawa. He's like a steel who we'll talk about here in a little bit. He is a friend of people who are very important in that company. And for that reason, he is there and has a job is involved. But I have heard from multiple people. Tony Khan is just not particularly high on Colt Cabana. And if he sees one of his top guys doesn't like Colt Cabana, very good chance that of his own volition, he's going to do something to keep them apart. And I look again, everyone wants to say whatever they want to say about this situation. That's fine. I uh, I have very much been given the impression that Colt Cabana being moved to Ring of Honor was a Tony Khan decision. That's what everybody's saying out loud. I like to take people at their word. I think that to be the case, Ennis. You know, I th- I think the, the the grand and even the grand scheme of things, even if you take apart, you know, the the issues between Cabana and Punk and all the the stuff surrounding that. I think at the end of the day, I think it's undeniable that CM Punk is a bigger star than Colt Cabana. I like yeah. Colt Cabana, but like if you're gonna you have the option between putting CM Punk in a main event and Colt Cabana in a main event, you put CM Punk there, obviously. Now, obviously, of course, I imagine. No, I don't think this has been put out there, but I imagine the whole the elite Chris Jericho trying to keep Cabana on board would be more to keep drama from spilling out again because, you know, obviously Punk and Cabana had their issues with that podcast years ago. Do you know what I think? think so? he's a ma- I think he's just a made man, right? Like you right. don't get you don't get you don't get rid of mob members, Ennis. Like mm. once once you know somebody knows where a body is buried or how to, I don't know, murder somebody and bury a body, you don't get rid of that guy. True. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, and I don't want to point fingers and say anyone's murdering anybody. It's a very no, extreme, but like that, that it's, it's a, it's a family. It's a familia. There is a level of trust there. And I don't think that they are want to get rid of somebody that they trust and like on that level to operate mm. in a world and do things the way that they want to have things done, you know? And, and even when you said earlier about, you know, Tony Khan's not huge on Colt Cabana, the, the, even like looking at it, I, Cabana didn't get signed to AW for, what, about two years until he after ne- this he never got it. He never got the Colt Cabana is all no. elite graphic. It was just like no. he was announced in a, in a press scrum. I also think that there's a big tell here. You know, with Punk gone, this, is, this would be the week, the week after would have been the week to just fucking dunk on him. Right. Just yep. like rag on him. Right. You know, we got the victory lap from the Bucks, whatever. That, uh, but that's been about it as far as dunking on Punk goes. Yeah. We are not seeing Punk on all of a sudden Colt Cabana back in the mix, back being pushed, back no. wrestling. And I do believe. And again, this is a hunch. This is not rooted in any facts. So please no nobody go running out there aggregating this uh, very inappropriately. I would think that Tony Khan is not happy with Colt Cabana. I would think that Tony Khan looks at Colt Cabana as the problem that ran his 
biggest star out of his company. And, you know, we go back and we talk about the Santana Ortiz mess. And it is, again, another signal that Tony has not got full control of his roster. Um, I don't want to say has lost control of his roster, but people that think that there are repercussions to having bad behavior like that, creating situations outside of the ring that draw unwanted attention. They think it's okay. They don't see a problem with it. And like, that's not, that's not okay. That's not good. I I think the whole like Tony Khan not having control of his roster thing goes back to even before, you know, CM Punk came in. Like I'm a huge fan of the elite personally. I like Kenny Omega is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. So take that as you will. But I think having him, the Young Bucks, in such prominent positions in Cody at the start immediately set that tone of the wrestlers kind of have some of the control of this, which does work to some degree. But I think, as we've seen down the line, I think has always obviously turned into certain issues. Yeah, and and like that's the thing is right now I feel I think the elite are emboldened, right? Like mm. they ran this play, you know. Uh, I get in a lot of trouble when I talk about how Cody is not there. Right. And I am under the belief that Cody had a lot of issues with Tony. And I think that the issues Mm. with Tony, now that I've been hearing more things, are probably the reason that Cody is not there. Um, But there were other issues there as well. And maybe not immediately at the end there, but there were other issues. And I just worry that the bad behavior, the kind of mob mentality, uh, like, again, that mafioso type, you know, here's the group of people we trust to do business our way kind of thing. It's running a little bit rampant there. And, um, you know, we're starting to see some kind of we're starting to see a couple cracks. Right. Andrade came out and did Mm, his. Yeah. I can't wait to fight CM Punk again. Yesterday, as we're talking about CM Punk stuff, weirdest damn thing happened in us. So Ricky Starks goes on Twitter and he praises CM Punk. He says he's got respect for him. Then on Instagram, a a post that is framed and phrased very similarly where he's giving flowers to CM Punk with a photo of Punk and we aggregated both in separate posts and thank God I did because they actually turned out to be two separate news stories because Mm. Ricky Starks claims his Instagram was hacked and so Mm. he pulled down the Punk post but but all the Twitter stuff's still there so like, is it? Because I'm just looking right now. I don't think it is. Is it in the replies? Uh, oh no, no, no! It's here. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's still here. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Isn't that very strange? And it's it's like because Andrade, I think, in starts like really the only two major people to mention Punk since then. Like there, it seems obviously I don't know, but it seems like there's kind of been like a gag order on it just to not mention punk at all. By there, the, the, I I think you're allowed. I think that they would prefer you talk about it in the sense that. Two things are true. Tony Khan did a good job. He's the leader. That is the first point yep. you have to make. Second point, punk was the problem. Mark Henry yes. on Busted Open Radio, when he said the problem is solved, we have solved the problem. I think he said that within 48 hours of CM Punk being terminated. He did. That he did. is what Tony Khan wants to hear. That is what management wants to hear. They want to hear Tony Khan good, CM Punk bad. If you're not saying that, I think you might have issues. The, I'll just be candid. The Instagram thing feels like somebody saw the Instagram post and was like, dude, get that fucking shit out of here. And but if you did that, then why not tell them to take the Twitter post down as well? That is a great question, Ennis. I it's don't, weird. It's I so odd. I don't know, Ennis. In theory, the Twitter post would get much more attention than an Instagram yeah, story. Instagram story I, disappears after 24 hours. Twitter post is forever. 
I spoke to somebody as this was going on, and I was just baffled because I was about to put up a post that was like, oh, his Twitter got hacked, too. But I was like, I don't know that. Right. Because nobody's verified that. So I got to somebody who was close to Ricky Starks and was like, hey, was this Twitter hacked? And they got back to me and said, I'm being told just the Instagram. And I'm like, what the fuck does Hmm. that mean? What? Why? What? So is is it maybe because the. The, the Twitter was to both Danielson and Punk, whereas Instagram was purely to Punk. It's, it's I all... don't, but it does not feel like he was hacked. Bottom no. line does not feel like that man was hacked. If you were going to yeah. hack someone, you'd do something much more egregious than that. And we've seen some... that in multiple cases in the past. And he had some weird line about, like, good thing you didn't click on a link. And I'm like, what link? There was no we, link. All, yeah. we all saw the screenshot <laughs> of what you wrote, brah. Yeah. What are you it's talking weird. about? Anyway. Um, we are very, very short on time. That's fine. Whatever. UFC merger, CM Punk talk. That's what the show is here today. Um, also in this Wrestling Observer report, uh, there was this anecdote about how the Young Bucks said that if CM Punk could go six months without getting into any drama, then they would agree to sit down with him. Man, you know, it's very odd to me that they get to set those rules, you know? Mm. As executive uh, vice presidents, to a degree, I could understand that, but it feels like with the amount of power Punk was getting given, especially with the Collision Show, that he yeah. should equally get. But that what sort about saying that? Yeah, but what about like what's so every time somebody provokes this guy, does the clock get start over? Like, can you send your yeah. Goomba? Can you send one Goomba after another to make sure that like you know this guy doesn't hit the six month mark? At four months, you're going to send somebody else to, like, drop real glass on the ground and be like, hey, take a bump. And then this guy's like, fuck you, get the fuck out. Oh, shit, we have an incident again. You know? It's just weird because the first, like, what, eight months, I think, were, were pretty fine. From his debut up till maybe May the next year, it was well, that, that's, pretty much that's, fine. That, that's why they say uh, it was early 2022 is when this started to mm. dissolve. And that's when yeah. all the cabana punk rumors flared up. And... People took it as Punk was trying to. I've I've heard a story about how mm-hmm. like and I, all right, I'm gonna tell a story right now. All right, and cool. it is it is a single sourced story, so I did not run out and write something up about it. But I had heard that early on when Ace Steel mm-hmm. was brought in and was working with Punk, there was an instance where somebody approached Cabana and was like, "Hey." would you be interested in working with a steel and doing like a second right. city saints gimmick? Maybe trying to like set the stage for like him and punk to do something together. Maybe yeah. just to be like, Hey, you and ACE have history. ACE is here. Why, why don't you guys do something together? Uh, to which I have heard single source Cabana mm. said, I don't think that's a very good idea. I don't think those guys would be very happy working with me. That gets mm. back to ACE who was, like, open to the idea, really didn't have any right. Cabana, finds out about it, goes up to Cabana backstage, and I guess just fucking reams him, right? Just, like, screams right. at him. And people saw that, and then they saw Cabana get moved, and they thought, oh, well, there's got to be a correlation here. Um, mm. And even in that scenario, which has been yep. laid out to me, it mm-hmm. is not 
Punk at Cabana. It is a steal at Cabana. And I hate to tell everybody this. A steal ain't got the fucking sway to move anybody, you know? No. Um, so no. I don't, I, 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 it, that is the closest I have heard to somebody explaining to me why people in the locker room feel Punk had Cabana move. There it is, NS. I told you out loud. I've never done there that. There we go. Yeah. It's, it's, the whole thing with the scenario is there's so many unknowns. Like, we know the big stuff, obviously, the brawl out, the issues with the elite, the issues with Jack Perry, the shots there. But, like, what really started this at its core, I think, even goes beyond the, the hang for the Hangman Page issues with the world title feud. There's something there that I don't really think we properly know about. And I think maybe we'll come out in maybe the next month, years, that yeah. we, we don't we don't really know. Yeah, I, I I think once communication broke down, and uh, man, this is, this is a really harsh post mortem. I think once com- communication broke down, I think Punk was in his corner, and they were in their corner, and since they were no longer talking. Um, sides were determining the best way to go about handling it. And then that when you get into that kind of territory where there's no communication and you're figuring out how to quote unquote deal with the other side, you're getting into kind of high school politics territory. You're getting into kind of uh, a tenuous situation there that doesn't seem to have a real strong resolution. Um, Yeah. And at the uh, end of the day, there just should have just been this. It really should have been cut off well before it got to, brawl out well before it got to all in something should have happened at that point to cut this off and it just didn't whether it, it didn't be whoever saw punk is gone and we will end the show here by uh by uh noting that ace steel is now also gone uh but three mm. days after punk's termination w or aew dropped the hammer on ace and ace is no longer with the company i've been able to confirm that one independently um it, it as well uh that came from pw insider uh first um but you know Man, I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of people are expecting some kind of explosive reaction from these guys. The more I well, hear back, the there very was little I've heard back the from Instagram camp, I don't think it's going to happen. Go ahead. What? There was the there was a story, an Instagram story he still put up, I think, two days ago. Maybe it was this past weekend. Oh, he still, yeah. Inst- yeah, he put up a story on Instagram. Now, he didn't mention AEW or anything. Well, let me pull up the actual quote. Yeah, no, no, this is a good, this is a good anecdote to close on here because you're right. Ace because... did say something publicly. Punk has it, but Ace has. Let me. So he posted a photo that said, uh, "Quote: Mishandling people, then avoiding communication is not protecting your peace. It's avoiding accountability." He then put a caption on it saying, "Ain't that the fucking truth, lol?" I so... I will expand on that a bit. Um, based uh-huh. off of the very little I've heard, and there has been relatively radio silent from Punk's camp. Um, from that from that side, I will say, I again the little I've heard, it does seem like their uh, the blame uh, from their perspective comes down to management not having their back. It, you know, and it seems as if there were maybe communi- there were maybe conversations that they had with senior members of management that implied to them steps were going to be taken to resolve issues and squash problems, and then when the rubber met the road. And they needed to actually enforce what they had talked about in conversations. It never manifested, right? Like mm. it, it seems to me like there was a real frustration. I think from from the Punk A Steel side that management just didn't didn't have their back, didn't fulfill their you know, hey, we're they're sitting here going, hey, we're willing to work with you guys. What? And then management goes, okay, well, let's do this, this, and this. And they go, great, go do that. And then management just doesn't do it, <laughs> yeah. or or the young bucks say, uh. No, 
<laughs> sorry, and we will not participate in 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 whatever plan you have put together with one Phil Brooks. And it just, you know, it became a very, very frustrating uh, situation, obviously. And it's done now. So Yeah, it's, it's it just seems like there was a lot of communication breakdowns between punk side management and the elite sides and anyone else who had issues with them. It just, there seems to have been a lot of error points where stuff could have been resolved and it just wasn't for whatever reason. And hopefully in the next couple of months or years, we'll we'll find out why exactly. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. I am so sorry we didn't get to do 90 minutes about Nia Jax's return to WWE. <laughs> I guess. Oh, we... I was so excited. Oh, she's, she's, she's back, everybody. Uh, mm. We'll get into it more on Thursday. I'm going to be joined by my other House of Wrestling writer, Nick mm. Miller. It is a full House of Wrestling week here on House of Wrestling. I fucking love it. Um, and as before I go and plug a couple other things, um, is there anything you would like to plug, promote, uh, put over, tell people where to find you? You can find my Twitter and other social medias there. I'm trying to point to it. There we go there. Uh, at Ennis underscore McVeigh. I write articles at House of Wrestling, houseofwrestling.com. And I also write at Inside the Ropes, which I believe is uh, insidetheropes.com. Search Inside the Ropes. You'll find it. But I write House of Wrestling in there. You can find all my good stuff there. I think we have the same chair, by the way. Well, Secret Labs. Oh, we do. <laughs> Oh, we do. Funny that. I mean, like, I think we have the exact same chair. <laughs> it so does weird. look like the exact same. <laughs> it's very odd. I just noticed. <laughs> I this got mine year. like two years ago, so possibly. I got mine, I got mine like two years ago. So, <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh it feels good these little moments uh all right and uh, <laughs> like i said tomorrow on our youtube and podcast feed early 7 a.m eastern we got him meet yes and and the thing about this interview is like i set it up because everyone's talking about meat i'm like this is fucking hilarious let's go get meat you have to sean stasiak is a very like he hasn't really done an oh anything with wrestling in 17 years (laughs) hasn't really done interviews this guy has some heavy shit he needs to dig through this is an Mm -hmm. hour-long conversation that i thought was going to be stupid slap happy dumb meat and holy shit and it's this thing is it's a banger really okay it's really spoiler alert here's a little Mm. tease all right towards the end of the interview we're talking about he's talking about cody rhodes and he's like you know it's a great story we've never had a father-son duo hold the wwe championship Sean Stasiak's dad, Stan the Man Stasiak, was the WWWF champion for nine days. And he Mm. points out how Cody's father never won the big one, unlike his dad. And so Cody will never be able to fulfill the story that Sean Stasiak can. (laughs) And I fucking... (laughs) I just sat there and I was like, what a statement, Sean! Wow! (laughs) You will Amazing. never be me and my dad. Straight to Cody nope. Rhodes. Woo. <laughs> Woo. There we go. Woo. If that's the, the tease of what we're getting, then the, the hour long is going to be very interesting indeed. It is an odyssey. It is. Mm. All right, everybody. Uh, I am at Nick underscore Hausman. Thank you for dropping in here. Get your things. Get your hat. Get your coat. Grab your shoes. Get on out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.